Hey everybody, welcome back to Mad Tales Podcast or The Mad Tales Podcast. Happy summer. It is June 3rd, 2019 as I record this in my tiny, tiny studio in my little rental in Fredericksburg. Thanks again for tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed the Mad Tales short short so far. We are officially past the halfway mark for the first seven tales, all of which I published in A Knife in the Back, which was the first book that I ever got done. It is book one of the Mad Tales trilogy. There is also... You will be safe here and burn all the bodies, or you can get all three in Mad Tales. And there is more to come. After these next three, I'll be posting the four stories from You Will Be Safe Here, and the five stories, although three of those are actually one, uh, from Burn All the Bodies. I just want to give a shout out to all of the new listeners, many of whom are in the States, in places such as Akron, Ohio, uh, the Bronx, New York City, Grants Pass, Oregon, L.A., Austin, Elkhorn, Cabo San Lucas, Baja, and many, many, many more. Of course, there's lots of people around here in Fredericksburg and Stafford and Richmond. And this is the most exciting. Well, it's not the most exciting part because I'm happy to get listeners anywhere. But I was very surprised, very happily surprised to see the people in Montreal, Quebec, Pentacon, British Columbia, London, England, Minsk, Minsk City, which where that's where my great grandparents came from. They came from Minsk on a boat uh, at the turn of the last century. Uh, that is part of my heritage. So people in Minsk, Minsk City are listening to me. Uh, people in Belarus, Australia, Mexico, tons of ears joining in on the fun. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. And I've got to come up with a cool nickname for everybody who listens to this. Dan Cummins on his Time Suck podcast calls his people meat sacks and suckers because it's the Time Suck podcast. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to call you. I could call you Mad Tailors, but that's too obvious. So if you've got a good suggestion for a name, after I uh, record and mix all this stuff, I am going to put a form up on my website. It'll be really easy. Just a couple of fields for you to fill out. Give me a suggestion, and I will read all of them next week or the week afterward if I get any. Maybe we can all vote on the best one. I mean, I'd say like the best one or the one with the most votes wins, but I don't know. It might be uh, pretty crappy what you guys come up with. I might have to choose myself. But either way, we can absolutely do that. It will be at jamesknoll.net forward slash nickname. All right. Just so you know, there will be a field for you to fill out that will allow me to put you on my email list. But it is not required for you to send in a suggestion for your name. If you do choose that, and you get on the list, you get a whole bunch of free stuff. You will get a digital copy, a, a Moby and an EPUB of A Knife in the Back. You'll get an MP3 of the first season of The Hive. And as some of you know, or many of you know, or maybe you don't, I don't know, I do all of the music for this podcast and all the audiobooks that I put out. So if you sign up for the email list, you will get a copy of Bang, 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 which is the theme song to Tracker's Travail, Book the second of the Topher trilogy. It's one of the favorites, one of my favorite songs that I've ever recorded. I did it at Wally Cleaver's in Fredericksburg, Virginia with the mighty Jeff Covert and two of my friends, Larry Hinkle and Mark Phelan. Larry played uh, guitar. Mark Phelan played bass, respectively, respectfully. And Jeff did the solo on it, the guitar solo on that. 
and it came out really, really well. So you get a free one of those. Oh, and by the way, Larry makes his own ukuleles. If you are into handmade instruments, these are incredibly well-crafted, incredibly well-made. Go to his website at hinkleukulele.com. That's H-I-N-K-L-E dash U-K-U-L-E-L-E.com. Also, this past weekend, I was out at Rock the River Fredericksburg. I met a ton of good folks out there, including the people who own old school tours. And they posted me up on Instagram. Their son bought the rabbit, the jaguar, and the snake. Uh, they are now listening to all of the audiobooks that I've got, starting with The Hive. They were just absolutely fantastic, absolutely awesome. So if you're ever in town and you want to do a really cool tour of the city, check them out at oldschooltours.com. And this is how they spell it. O-L-D-E-S-K-O-O-L-T-O-U-R-S.com, which is fantastic. I love the, I love the fact that they spell it that way. Thank you, all of you, uh, for putting reviews up on iTunes. I just got my first couple of reviews. And if you are so inclined, please leave me a review there, an honest review. The more that I get, the better. Uh, their algorithms start pumping me up. I think it makes my podcast more visible. That gets me more listeners, and that's always great. And finally, I have a couple more live events that I'm doing this summer, and my fall schedule is all set up. So uh, the next thing that I'm doing uh, for you locals is at the Dale City Volunteer Fire Department Craft Show on June 15th. And I might be doing the Fredericksburg Heritage Festival on June 29th, I believe. Uh, I found out about that one way too late. Uh, I'm on the wait list. I might just go down and show up and see if they have any space anyways. The fall live date schedule is pretty much in order. You can come check me out at the book festival that I run, the fourth annual Fredericksburg Independent Book Festival. It is from 10 to 4 on September 21st in Fredericksburg, Virginia. You can go to fredbookfest.com to see everything about that. I will be at the Occoquan Arts and Crafts Show, September 28th and 29th. I'm going to do the Virginia Comic Con's Hollow Weekend, October 26th and 27th. And I'll be back in town for the Fredericksburg Arts and Crafts Show, December 6th through 8th. And that's it. That's probably one of the longest introductions I've ever given. I hope you stuck through it. Maybe you fast-forwarded. Who knows? Whatever the case. Coming up next is the next short story in the Mad Tales season. And I hope you like it. City of Salt. There's a party in the city tonight. There's a party in the city tonight. I'm on the floor of some place I've never seen, looking at a boot worn by a man I don't know. The carpet is plush and full decorated with blue and yellow and swirling patterns. Headaches. Blood in my mouth with a boot on the man I don't know kicked me, or where I fell, I don't know. I lose time, often. Try not to let the blood drip on the carpet, but it does anyway. Last thing I remember is the house, looted. Porch stoops and leans like a dirty old man. Black windows like black widows. 
spiderweb in the corner of the porch blowing in the breeze, and this was good. It was caught in the full cracked moon, and I felt the spiderweb creep across my brain, spread out like a wash of prickers. And then I wake up and I'm on the floor, looking at the boot and the nice carpet. Salvation. I croak. Laughter from the room. More than just the boot-wearing man, all around me. This isn't salvation. Water. I croak. More men laughing, gravelly and bitter. One snorts. My hands are tied behind my back to a chair. Feet tied to its feet so we're like one crooked thing spilled out on the nice carpet. Set him up, please? Someone says. Male. High-pitched. Smooth. The chair swings and I get dizzy. Skyrockets in my head and the back, right where it meets my neck. Spiderweb lightnings across my eyes, but none in my brain. I lose no time. And then I'm up, head pounding, wump, wump, wump with my heart. Fat man on the other side of a fat desk in front of me smoking a fat cigar. The smoke burns my eyes and throat and I cough. You can smell smoke in somebody's hair from 15 feet away. 50 if the wind's right. Give him some water, Chuck, the fat man says. He doesn't drop his letters. Doesn't say him. Asks politely. He's educated. He's in charge. Then he coughs, harsh and hoarse like an old man on that dirty old porch. Something wet pours over my head. Water. Chuck giggles. I can't see him, but I know he's looking over his shoulder at his friends. The fat man leans forward and clasps his pork roll fingers in front of him on the table. He chews in the cigar in the left corner of his mouth. Lips shine with spittle. He stares with beady little eyes over my shoulder and takes the cigar out of his mouth. Now to drink, he says, and raises his eyebrows. Please. Laughter stops. Bottle to my lips. Water cools my mouth, my throat, my belly. No sediment. Clean. Tasty. No smell. Bottled. I gulp so hard that it spills down my chin and neck. I gasp when Chuck takes it away. Fucking Fuji, he snarls, and smacks the back of my head so hard that my hair falls on my face. My hair is long, and it's wet with the water he poured all over it. And when I whip it back, the water spatters all over him. God damn it! Fat man motions him away with one impatient and thick hand. Cigar smoke trails above his head and waves. The cigar smoke masks the other sense, good sense. I let my nostrils flare. Chuck smells like manure. Manure means animals. Animals mean food. The fat man smells like alcohol and soap. Soap means showers. Showers mean hygiene. Others in the room, too, smell like dirt and sweat. Farmers. This is a good place. I won't be allowed to stay. Fat man is speaking. Going to help us get it, he says. Leans back in his chair. It creaks. His belly sticks out like a watermelon in a sheet. His white pants pulled up almost to his chest. Get what? I ask. Skyrockets in my brain. Pain in my temple. It takes a while to fight off the spider web, and I lose a little time. When I come back, the room is empty but for the fat man and me. And Chuck. I can smell Chuck behind me. Something running out of my nose, over my lips. I run a dry tongue over them. Cracked. Blood. You back with us? Fat man. I nod. Keep my head down. Hair in my face. 
People don't like the looks I make when I'm angry. It scares them, so I hide it. Get what? I ask again. So, he says, high and reedy. A carpet of smoke erupts from his lips. Salt. I think until I feel the spider webs creep up my spine, and then I stop. No salt on the way into town. I remember I smelled the river, dank and earthy. I smelled the smoke from the fires carried down by the wind. The ash burned my eyes, my nose, my throat. I heard the crickets and the frogs by the river. I saw the houses, all of them burned down to the ground, or only standing halfway, few whole. Inside I heard the scratching cockroaches, the scrabbling rats. And then, in here, the manure and sweat, the animals, the clean water. For the meat? I ask. Fat man smiles. You're not as dumb as you look, he says. Where? Fat man stubs out the cigar in an ashtray with the words Visit Niagara written in thick balloon letters, rolls the edges. It glows for a minute in the center until he plunges it down. The city. The city. Fireflies streak the air, screams, blood running down my leg, flash of rotten teeth, pale arms, a meat cleaver. No. Fat man nods and leans back in his chair. His pig eyes fall on Chuck over my shoulder. Nods once. Kurt. Do it. Flash of skyrockets in my head. Spiderweb over my brain. I lose time. My hands are still tied behind my back. I'm in a car moving fast. I must have mumbled something because a voice to my right says, Hey, Pete, he's up. Chuck. Untie me. I croak. Pete's driving. He says, What's he saying? Smoke, sweat, manure, alcohol. I can smell them all from 50 yards away. He wants me to untie him. Pete laughs. (laughs) Not yet. Look out the window. Let my hands feel along the waistband of my pants. My knife, a little shank of metal, is still there. My head cracks against the window. Stars in my eyes. Chuck hit me. Want some water? I blink the stars away. Nod. He holds a bottle to my lips and I gulp, gladly, once. Then spit a mouthful out all over the seat in front of me. Piss. Chuck, laughing, coarse, Pete cusses in front of me. I wait until Chuck closes his eyes for just one second, throw myself at him, mouth open, aim my forehead for the soft of his eye, stars for a bit, then I'm on top of him, my mouth finds his ear. Chuck yells, get him off of me! Screams to squeals, salty blood on my tongue, something hard lands on the back of my skull, stars explode again but I don't let go, a thud, more stars, blood in my mouth, I lose time. 
On the edge of the city, smell the ash, burnt metal. The strong smell of rot in the distance. Fires deep inside, I can see their glow, the heart of the animal. Their fires. Chuck presses the barrel of a shotgun against my temple. The left side of his face is a wash in blood. Spiderweb around the base of my skull. I lose time and then I'm up and Chuck is under me, his arm at an angle. My knife is buried past the hilt in his skinny red farmer's neck. Pete has a shotgun now, trained on me, but not against me, and his eyes are wide and his mouth is shut. The other man's mouth is shut, too. Blood salty on my tongue. My mouth was wide open. The other man says, What should we do? Pete swallows. Fat man wants his salt, he says. He nods at me. He says, Wants him to get it. Look what he done to Chuck. Pete lowers the barrel a little. He glances at Chuck. He says, Maybe Chuck shouldn't have did that. He says, Maybe Chuck deserved what he give him. Lowers the barrel all the way. Sides, he adds. You want to get it by yourself? The other man stares at Pete, takes a step back. Pete smiles. His teeth are straight and white. Raises the barrel at me. He seems to know what he's doing. Yeah, the other agrees, fast, like he was scared of me. Upwind as we pick over the barricade. Fire somewhere burning. Smell smoke and flesh burning. Half buildings, skeleton arms poking up into the sky. Jagged windows like broken teeth. Pete says, where to? I don't speak. Pete says, where to? Again, harder. I don't speak. He ain't talking, says the other one. I stop and turn around, hold up my wrists still bound. They stare at me a long time. What do you think, Pete? Pete pulls the keys off his belt, throws them to me, jingling in the air. I can hear that a hundred yards away. Scrape on the broken concrete. Wind shifts down when I kneel to pick them up. We walk for a mile or so, me between the other two. What about that one? The other one asks, pointing at a tall old apartment building. Bound to be salt up in there. I shake my head. Well, why the hell not? Paley's, I croak. Pay a what? Paley's, I say again. What the? Scrape of feet on the asphalt behind me. What you doing? Pete. He's next to me now. We're a triangle. The other one says... I ain't going a step more till he tells us what we're doing. Pete ducks his head, eyes me. Don't seem like much of a talker. Shouldn't talk too much here, I croak. He eyes me, says to the other one, That man wants his salt. And he'll get it, the other one spits, but not till I know what's what. Pete eyes me, he says, Well, spiderweb on my brain. Knock it down, not now. Wave my hand at the burned-out holes of the building the other one wants to go into. 
Nothing there, I say. Wave my hand at the street in front of us. Nothing there, I say. The other one points up at the building again, leans forward, head first, eyebrows up like a rooster. How the hell do you know there's nothing in that building? He sneers. I shrug. Been in there before. The other one laughs, short and harsh, but he stops when he sees I'm serious. When? He asks. I shrug again. I say, been in. When? Blade teeth, bloody black smile, flash of pale arms. Look away up the street. Look back. Spit. Week ago. Bullshit, he says. Points again. What's in there? I look up and behind me. The building is topped with bone fingers stretching for the sky. I shrug. Nothing. He makes a hissing sound. Pete eyes me. He says, What about up over there? Points the barrel across the street. Don't even look, I say. What you want's further in. I say, Nothing in there but old walls and dry rot. Pete points the barrel at me. I didn't ask you that, he says. Where'd you go in there? Return his stare for a second. Wait until he steadies the barrel. Leans it in at my chest. Number 313, I say. Corpse in a chair by the window, dried up rat in the corner. Pete lowers the barrel, still looking at me. He says, Go on up there and see. I don't move. You heard him? The other one growls at me. Go on up there and... Not him. Pete spits. Sit on a crack till the other one comes back. He's a little pale. Wipes his arm across his mouth, one arm behind his back. Pete says, See anything? The other one shakes his head. What you got? A corpse's arm is shoved up in Pete's face. A goo Pete smacks the arm away with the barrel, shatters to dust. The other one left with the forearm splintered like a knife. Wind changes direction every minute. I can smell their sweat, the animals they raise. And so can they. I palm a handful of ash from the gutter, rub it under my arms, scrub my face and chest. The other one giggles at the sight of the corpse's shattered arm, and it echoes in the empty street. If I can hear him, the wind shifts. I button my lip tighter. Pete spits, Cut the crap! Knocks the rest of the arm out of his hand and into dust. Oh, come on, Pete! The other one whines. At least we know he's telling the truth. Well, I'm glad you're finally convinced, princess, Pete snarls. Your curiosity satisfied? You ready to move on? Or do we have to climb another fence for you? Princess opens his arms, hands splayed. Ready when he is. Later, the sky turns from death gray to widow black. I what's left of the buildings, the broken bone fingers reaching for the sky 
and listen, listen, always listen, and smell the air. The fires will grow bright soon, then the drums, then... Why aren't we going into any of these places? Princess, whining again. He smells the strongest of the two. He'll be first. I don't answer. Hey! Pete says, leave him be. Princess stops walking. A pile of ash and dirt behind the husk of a car. I take a handful, rub it on my legs, rub it on my face. Wind shifts. How the, how the hell do we know where he's taking us? Princess whines. How the hell we know there's any salt at all? He raises his gun at me. I mean, Jesus, look at him. Pete ducks his head, raises his eyes at me. We make it to an intersection. Green canopy on the corner, ripped, pools of ash weighing it down, nosing forward over the sidewalk like a stumbling drunk, just like I left it. Strings of yellow traffic lights and wires and poles all in a tangled web in the middle of the street. The buildings surrounding us are hollow shells of broken metal and glass. Mountain of black rubble to the right. Burned out brick, half-jagged black windows to the left. Pete says, His man is on his own so far. I point at the torn green canopy. Princess and Pete's heads swivel on pistons. Princess says, What, there? Flash of black teeth. I nod. Salt, I croak. The canopy frame is metal, solid, salvageable. I pull on a leg. Ash shifts underneath, a snake under a pillow. Princess stands in the gutter at the end. He stares doubtfully up at the sign overhead. Pete puts the barrel of his gun on my forearm, and I look at him. Don't let go, just look. Let go, he says. I pull the leg hard, yank the leg out, break the leg, and the canopy lets loose a high-pitched squeal and comes crashing the rest of the way down to the sidewalk. Piles of ash slow slowly off and all over Princess. Fucking hell, he sputters. Can't see him through the ashes, but when it clears, he's a puppy in a fireplace. Shakes his hair, ash in all directions. Pete's laughing. Damn it! Princess snaps. His white eyes glow in the dark. They'll see that. Pete says, Well, he got the door clear, and points at the entrance to the restaurant. Keep my eyes and the skeleton fingers behind. Keep my ears pricked. The wind shifts and I smell the air. Just a hint. Just a hint. But I can smell them. Princess kicks a leg of the canopy away along with small pebbles. A few bounce high in the corner of my eye, and I watch them until they disappear in the twilight. Up there. On the building across the street. A round head pops over the top of a finger. Princess reads the letters and the sign again. What's that say? Pete reads it too. M. E. X. He spells, then shakes his head. Who cares? It's a food place. Hot damn! What's Mex? Never mind. Mexican, I say. They both look at me. It was a Mexican restaurant. The wind shifts. What's Mexican? Princess. I don't say anything. Pete stares at me for a second, then says, Who cares? It ain't been looted. Canopy must have blocked it. Let's go in. Tables inside still whole, still clean. Chairs pushed under. Long counter on the left, steel door behind, smell of dust and fire and smoke. Under that, rats. On each table, a full keller of salt, just like before. Somebody cleaned up the mess I made, though. All the blood. Hot damn! Princess yells. Pulls a plastic bag from inside his shirt, throws the kellers in one at a time. They clack and click. 
Careful, you idiot, Pete says. He gently places Kellers into his own bag. They're glass. Have you ever seen so much? Princess asks, his eyes wide enough to drool. I inch toward the metal door in the back. If I can get it locked from the inside. Hey! Pete. I turn. He has a pillowcase. Balls it up and throws it at me. I catch it on my chest. Fill it up. Slink slowly to the nearest table. Drop a keller in the case. Keep my eye on the window. Two more round heads and the skeleton finger across the street perched on the tip like insects. Pale and glowing white in the darkness. Damn! Prince calls out from the kitchen. He pushes through the saloon doors, a large cardboard box cradled in his arms. Hit the jackpot back there! I shuffle to the window, the case dangling from my right hand, peek out of the corner of my eye, stop dead. There. And there. And there. Quickly shove more Kellers in my case. Pete snaps, Hey, careful with those! Drums roll in the distance. Princess stops, goes pale. What was that? A firefly shoots off the finger across the street, two more behind it. They arch high and loop down at the window. An explosion of white and red fire washes against the glass. I jump behind the bar. The window cracks. Then the other two hit and glass explodes. The spiderweb swarms up the back of my brain, and this time I don't fight it. I lose time. Standing in the black hollow of rubble across the street and a block away from the mechs, breath comes and heaves. Arms and legs and back ache, covered in blood. Soaks my clothes, hair, gash on my right leg, white meat. I have Pete's shotgun and both their bags of salt. The pillowcase is empty, covered in blood, ragged hole in the bottom. I can smell them. Hundreds of them. Must be from a reek that strong. Poke at the meat around the wound in my leg. I'll need to clean that, sew it up. Maybe the fat man will help. Step out of the hollow and suck in a hiss. Mech swarms with paleys. Cover the place like a pile of ants, front, top, sides. Naked blue-white skin glows in the night. Something pops out of the mass, arches high towards me. I lose it against the sky, then it bounces with a thick thud in the middle of the tangle of wires and lights. A handful of paleys disengage from the swarm, pounce on it. See what it is before they get to it. Pete's head, mouth open, lips ripped off. Teeth punched in, blonde hair matted red. Wind changes directions. The whole swarm raises their blind eyes to it, their slit snouts flaring, snuffling sickly. A hundred white eyes turn as one in my direction. I raise the shotgun and back away. The spiderweb flows over my brain. I turn to run. I lose time. Thank you for tuning into the Mad Tales podcast. I hope you enjoyed this week's chapter. 
If you cannot wait until next week to finish the story, you can always buy it in ebook and paperback form from Amazon.com, or you can buy it directly from me, both in ebook and in paperback, a signed paperback nonetheless, uh, from my website, www.jamesnoll.net. That's www.jamesnoll.net. And if you would love to support me on Patreon, I would love you to support me on Patreon. I'm offering all kinds of cool extras, including access to bonus material, uh, the ebooks released one week at a time, the chapter at a time, uh, customized short stories. And if I can build enough of a following, I want to film a live action version of Make the Hive Great Again, one of my favorite chapters from the Hive. It's uh, at the end of the first season. It's the very last chapter of the, of the first season. That would be an awesome thing to do. So, if you want to visit my Patreon page, it's www.patreon.com slash madtails. That would be fantastic. And I will see you guys next week.